0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to chapter four of A Black Boy in His Black Coffee, a conversation meant to curate the black experience. And as y'all know, this podcast serves to cultivate all things black. Now, the category is love, y'all. Love! James Baldwin said, It took many years of vomiting up all of the filth that I had been taught about myself and halfway believed before I could walk around the earth like I had a right to be here. I have the right. You have the right. We all have the right. Now, these words were spoken by none other than Billy Porter, who just established history as the first openly gay actor to win an Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series for his role in Pose. Now, Billy, 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 I nod my head to you. I salute you. You, sir, are the embodiment of everything great about being a Black man of this community. So, to stay on trend, the category for chapter four will be love. And we will do our best to keep that same energy throughout the remainder of this chapter. I've said it once, but I'm gonna say it again. If you do not have your cup of coffee by now, then you are fired. Yes, you are terminated. You can leave the property, but your boy is going to give you an opportunity to come back. I will rehire you. No application is necessary as long as you grab yourself a cup of coffee now. So whether that be your Keurig machine, French press, 7-Eleven, Starbucks, AM, PM, um, or hell, even the little bootleg Dunkin' Donut. Coffees, you know what i mean whatever it may be get that ready because we are ready to sip and talk all right so Ah, first up in entertainment, let's talk about the 71st Primetime Emmy Awards, where we're going to highlight all of our black and brown kings, queens, and for those who identify as non-binary, gender-neutral, then you, my friends, are just simply royals. But first and foremost, I want to give, um... All the praise to Jerrell Jerome, who won the lead actor in a limited series or a movie for his portrayal as Corey Wise in the brilliant When They See Us. Now, um, just a little side note, Ava DuVernay, who, of course, is the director um, for When They See Us, she brought forth all five of the victims of the Central Five. Sorry, Central Park Five as her date to the Emmys. So they accompanied her to the Emmys. And I just really love the fact that this film has literally baptized these five victims in a way to which we now um, refer to them as the exonerated five as opposed to the Central Park Five. So I just appreciate the journey that we started in which was very dark, you know what I mean? And then now the fact that we're in this new light and we get to witness this new baptizing of the five men and like I said, um, label them as the exonerated five because words mean things, they're very powerful and uh, they are so worthy of that new title. So like I said, shout out to the entire team that participated in the film when they see us it was brilliant it was prolific it was powerful um and any other synonym that you can think of so he should have got the award i'm glad that we didn't have to cut up this year and act a fool the emmys did them right gave them their um you know their uh, accolades and whatnot and we can keep keep it moving and then like we already mentioned billy porter King deservingly won the award for lead actor and a drama series for pose. Um, Again, duh. I did hear, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that Billy Porter is actually, I think he's just missing the O from getting the esteemed like EGOT, which is like an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony, and an Oscar. So. I have no doubt in my mind, Billy, that you will absolutely be getting an Oscar uh, very shortly here. So we look forward to that moment. All right, y'all. So moving right along in entertainment, let's just talk about The Hustlers film, which debuted at an amazing $38 opening weekend. I'm just going to keep it like super cute, really clean on this one. I was highly impressed, and I don't know if it's because I expected less. Now, here's the thing. I simply was uh, going into the movie just anticipating, you know, a bad bitch stripper movie, you know, and it certainly was that it really, really was. But I feel like I got so much more out of it, too. You know what I mean? I feel like the story was mad layered. I feel like it was nuanced. I feel like the sh- I feel like the uh, film had purpose. It wasn't just like, let's just throw a whole bunch of bad bitches in a film and watch them twerk like there was a plot there was ebb and flows like I said the film had purpose and so for that I don't know if it's because I expected so much less but I really feel like it was a well balanced film um even more so than like being well balanced I appreciate the fact that As much glory as they showed that can come from the strip club, you know, the glitz, the glam, the glory, all of that. They also showed how gutter it can be. And so, again, the fact that we're keeping this very uh, 360 in the way that we depict this story, this black boy and his black coffee appreciates it. Now, even more than... Uh, even more than it being well-balanced and just being very, like, holistic in the film, I appreciate the diversity of the film. Now, stay with me. We literally had Black, White, Puerto Rican, and Asian all up and down the screen. Literally, Black, White, Puerto Rican, and Asian. And for that, I appreciate it. was 51 flavors of strippers up in the movie. And I was just here for every minute of it. Um, It was fun. It was so fun. It was cute. Go see it. Uh, Who was a standout for me? Well, who was a standout? Duh. Uh, Miss Belcalis, Malines, Armanza, or Cardi B, as y'all may know her. Granted, Little Mamas only had about five minutes on screen. But when I tell you she served every second of it, she served every second of it. So, Cardi, we see you. I see you, Mamas. I absolutely—I'm going to give you another moment for another role— uh, you know, and hopefully, hopefully the director will uh, gift you with 10 minutes instead of five this time. So, yeah, if y'all haven't seen it, I would absolutely say go see it. Now, I know t- movie tickets are arm, leg, foot, eye and ear. But if y'all can collect your r- little recyclables, turn those in, then I would say um, it would be money well spent to go see this film. OK, so moving right along in entertainment, uh, Takashi 6 9 Six nine Takashi are Daniel Hernandez, as you have been referred to in the court of law. I don't really have much to say to you. um here's the thing. this man was facing forty seven years of um prison time prison jail. I still don't know the difference. I should that sounds mad, ignorant, but I digress. He was facing forty seven years of being locked up um He has now ratted, snitched, again, whatever synonym tickles your fancy, uh, on a plethora of people, including but not limited to regular everyday around the way people as well as big celebrities, i.e. Cardi B, uh, Jim Jones, Casanova, you know, artists like that. And so here's my thing. Here's what I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave it at that. Takashi, I understand that you are a very young man and that you were acting uh, trifling out here in these streets. You were absolutely um, running. You know what I mean? Just running amok, acting like you were the hottest shit that ever graced this planet, which a lot of artists do. To your extent, absolutely not, because you were bragging about uh, essentially going to any territory that you wanted to. And, you know, essentially you can shit on any territory and that territory can come for you. And so I think the fact that he's now in this predicament, in this situation, the cards have certainly switched and his life now. Uh, is in the hands of somebody else. He clearly has decided to sing another tune. Now, with him singing that tune, like I said, he snitched on a good, uh, you know, a good amount of people. So, of course, with that comes his sentence being decreased heavily. I think they said that Mr. Daniel Hernandez is actually looking at being out uh, at the top of 2020. So he will see a jail cell. So. Here's what I say. You have officially risked your life as well as your families, your daughters, your girlfriends, your mamas, your aunties, your titos, your tios. Um, You've done that at the cost of you not being in jail for 47 years, which I think a lot of people would do. The problem that I see with this is honestly the attorneys. And let me tell you why. This little black boy and his black coffee does not have a J nor a D. Next to his name quite yet, but give him three years, and he will, but you know what I mean? I still like to practice my little Esquire ways and just think about how I would maneuver with certain things. And I just feel like if I was representing represent Takashi Six69, and I said, "Mr. Hernandez, yes, you're going to snitch, okay? So that your life is not in jeopardy and your life is not taken away and you're not going to ever see the light of day until you're 67. You do need to give up some names. However, what you're going to do is do that at the cost of I'm sorry, at the price of immunity. You understand what I'm saying? So you're not giving up a big name like Jim Jones and then having me step one foot inside of a jail cell. If I'm giving up heavy hitters, go getters, like what you gave up, then we are making a contract with the prosecutors that I give up big names and I don't see one minute of jail time. But the fact that I feel like you still have to be in jail, now granted, like I said, I think you're gonna be out next year, but you shouldn't even be doing that because all the people you just ratted out, snitched on, that should be enough to erase the 47 years all together. That's just me. Call me crazy. I wish you the best of luck. I know that it was just announced that you also do not want um, witness protection. I think that's very silly on your behalf. You, sir, will absolutely need it. But I think he's just going to opt for 24-7 security. Um, To that, sir, I wish you the best of luck. I'm going to still be streaming Fifi which was that track with Nikki, you know what I mean, to stack your coins up. And um, like I said, may God be with you, sir. Okay, Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, y'all, I have a lot on here again, but I need to start okay, we're gonna start like literally cutting some of this out because it's just way too much. Your boy loves you all so much, and I know that you love me, but you're also not trying to listen to me for the next three hours, so we're gonna make an executive decision, and yes, no, no no no, 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 and yes, okay, so h and m h and m m and h <sighs> I think. I think that we need to really evaluate who sits on the board, who is doing the advertisements, marketing. I think, I'm not going to say that you guys don't have any colored people in the marketing division, but let's just say, hypothetically speaking, uh, there's 50 people in the marketing division. I feel like H&M maybe has two colored people on there. Thus, it's not enough. Because once again, we have a problem... um, that easily could have been rectified if we had enough representation being, uh, you know, held in in H&M in this in this department and whatnot. So essentially, I don't know if you guys remember, but H&M had came out with a T-shirt. Um, it was a bit a bit ago and it was a a little black boy and he was in a T-shirt that said the coolest Monkey in the jungle or something very close to that effect. Now, clearly, I do not need to sit here and explain to y'all in 2019 while making any reference of any black person and a monkey is disrespectful and a wrong. Okay, so they went through that whole stint. They apologized, of course, said they would do better. And then we look up now. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all. Most recently, um, H&M was doing another ad, and it was for their children's department. And I think the clothes are supposed to represent um, whatever the ad was. It was supposed to be like, these are children every day, regular uh children who go to school. And then after school, I guess they would be taking these pictures to, I guess, show that like H&M clothes can last All throughout the day and you can still look cute and like, I don't know, long lasting, they're durable. I don't know, y'all. But I think that was the theme, a la natural. So all the children would leave school, go to the H&M headquarters, do the photo shoot in their natural state, however they're looking. And then H&M thus uh, blew up these photos and used it for their advertisement. So, of course, you had a wide array of children, white, black, Puerto Rican, Asian. When it came to the little black girl, black girl, however, excuse me, she was shown with her hair in what some would describe as a disheveled look. And for those of you that may be inquiring as to what this little girl looked like, I'll be sure to include a picture of the link in his Twitter. Um... Anywho, so you can see that, like I said, some would describe her hair as a little disheveled. And so people were looking at it like, well, why wouldn't any attention be given to this little girl's hair, knowing that it doesn't necessarily translate to what you were doing? And so I think the problem was this Black people were looking like, it looks like you guys overlooked her. It looked like you guys did not pay her any attention. You said, however you look, you can just get in front of the camera, whether that be great or a hot mess, take a picture. And like I said, we're going to use it for an ad. Knowing good damn and well that if there was any representation on this uh, photo set, they would have saw this black girl's hair and said, you know what, mamas? I know that the ad is a la naturale. You know what I'm saying? I know that these are kids. They're innocent. They're not worried about how they look or their hair or this or that. However, so that it translates uh, accordingly, let's just touch you up a little bit. You know what I mean? Of course, we're not going to put 22 inches of Malaysian on you because that sounds crazy and a child wouldn't do that. But we'll just make sure, you know what I mean, that boom, we slick back, cute pony. Take the picture, boom, 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 boom. It could have been as easy as that, but I think, again, the problem came in there not being any representation in the room to know that a la natural and you enhancing the child and adding chemicals, inches, weave, all of this, all of that are two very different things and we can still groom and we can still... um you know, look presentable in an a la natural way. So I don't know, H&M, I just feel like, again, representation, have some of us on the photo set where it's just like we would be able to easily be like, you know, what? this doesn't look right. Let's do this. And I feel like that H&M is in a very very good place because y'all's major competitor for Forever Twenty One. Ariana Grande took all of their coins. They're about to shut down. Going to bankruptcy. So it's really H and M competing with H and M at this point. It's you yourself and you against the world. Y'all could be on top. Y'all could stay winning, but you cannot be winning if you're constantly doing insensitive and naive shit like what we continue to see. Okay, so get it together. This is your opportunity to shine. Forever is gone. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Anywho, anywho. Moving right along. Um, Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. What is he going to do? You know what? We're going to conclude. Yeah, nah. I'm going to have two more. Let's do two more. Two more entertainment topics. Um, This next one. <laughs> This next one hits a little home. Um, I want to just take a moment of silence, and y'all just just stay with me and just respect me when I say that I just want to take one moment of silence, um, for the death of a marriage. <laughs> Now, the best housewife to ever hold a peach, Miss Kenya Moore, is officially sleepless in Atlanta. Word on the street is she recently split with her husband, Mark Daly, after two years of marriage. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it very clearly, okay? Oh, I can even say clearly, clearly. Kenya Moore is unapologetically black bold and boss, okay? So she will be fine with or without any trifling ass man next to her. But at the end of the day, my heart goes out to you, mamas. I know how important it was for you to have a family For you to have the love of your life next to you. For y'all to pop out a little trophy just that is so beautiful that you've been working so hard to get. I understand that you quite literally put your career on pause, on hold. You said, let me set that aside because family is so important to me. And as a real housewife aficionado, as your best friend that you don't know, I'm your best friend. Yeah. I was sitting here mad at you. Like, how you dare you do that to me? You know, I need to see you holding the peach on that screen. But I had to also step back and say, I can only appreciate the fact that you set aside all of the glitz and the glam to say, I want a family. And this is more important. You know what I mean? And so for this trifling ass husband of yours, I don't know what he did. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was infidelity. I don't know what the case may be. But I know he was trifling. I know he did something, Kenya. I know he did. Let me know and I'll take care of it later. But that's a whole nother topic. I know you're going to get through this. You're a very strong woman. You carried yourself with power, poise, everything before. You're going to continue to do it afterwards. That little princess of yours is going to be nothing but... um but you're saving grace. She will be your light that you need in order to keep moving forward, mamas. You call me, okay? You call me if you need any advice, if you need a support system, because what I'm not going to do is sit up here and let Lenithia leaks, think that she can dog you out To think that she's validated and all that, you know, all that fuckery that she liked to come at you with. That's what we're not going to do. And we're going to get a game plan together for this reunion, too, so that Andy doesn't sit in his little high chair in the middle and think that he can come for you either. That's what we're not going to do. We're not. And that's it. I'm sorry. I was really, you know what, on that note, let me take a little sip of my coffee because... Y'all, I just get really emotional about my housewives. Y'all know how I am about my housewives. I don't like that. Kenya, I got you, mamas. Hold on, y'all. Let me take a sip. Mmm. 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 That's some good coffee. I put a little bit of pumpkin a liqueur because y'all know it's fall season. So I put a little bit of pumpkin liqueur in this coffee and it is a moment. OK, so last up for entertainment, I do want to talk about the um, a beautiful example, a beautiful example of black love. Now, Gabrielle Union and her husband, Dwayne Wade, uh, recently created a series of like limited edition pride shirts for an LGBTQ plus nonprofit um, Now, honestly, a celebrity creating any apparel line clearly isn't the news here because that happens every day of the week. However, I think the praise is in this power couple. A, pushing the needle for any effort surrounding the LGBTQ agenda. And B, and B is even more important than A, so B probably should have been A, but we had a day late and a dollar short for that one. So anyways, A is the fact that they are consciously and purposefully choosing to embrace their child regardless of their sexuality, identity, and so on. And I think it's just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it's um, it's very endearing. It's very motivating. And I hope that a lot of us Embrace it. And so Gabrielle Union said that um, as a family, we believe inclusion and equality are two essential pillars needed to move uh, towards growth and progressive thinking and action in our society. And again, I just feel like this. This is what Black love, Black unity looks like. And I think we need to see a lot more of it, um, a lot more inclusion within the Black community. So just so you guys know, 50% of the profits um, go to the non-profit organization, and then the whole family, like the Wade family, is donating an additional $50,000 to this non-profit. So if you guys feel it in your spirit you know what I mean? If the Lord or any other higher power is calling you to support the cause, then you can purchase the apparel at um yngdng-lifestyle.com. So shout out to you, Wade family, because y'all are doing the damn thing. Now, uh, let's just wrap it on up and put a bow on entertainment. We're going to shift gears to politics really quickly. But before shifting gears, I do just want to shed a little bit of light. On the Pacific Islander Festival that I actually had the privilege of attending this past weekend. Now, unbeknownst to me, it's like the largest Pacific Islander Festival on mainland U.S. And for the past 25 years, it's served to preserve... Oh, I like that. It has served to preserve. My God, he is so good. Anywho, it's served to preserve <laughs> Polynesian, Melanesian, and Micronesian culture and heritage. Now, this festival curates uh, the best of, like, Pacific Islander food, clothing, entertainment, history, and beyond advocating and protecting their culture Uh, I feel like something that really, really stood out to me more so than anything was the unity that was present at this festival. So clearly the Pacific is home to like thousands. And when I say thousands thousands of islands all varying in culture. So yes, there is a likeness that is shared when it comes to like food and clothing and, and, you know, things of that nature. But the same can be said in regards to difference. And the difference in culture from one island to the next can be, uh, I guess, made parallel to the difference that one would feel like you know, being an African-American to Nigerian or, or or Ethiopian to Haitian. Now, I'm sure I'm butchering my sentiments <laughs> as I express this, but I think what I really just want to evoke is the sense that this festival, um, it, this festival literally like espouses unity. And I feel like that same unity is not always shared with within the Black community. Meaning this, whether you're from New Zealand, Samoa, Hawaii, Tonga, Fiji, Tahiti, all differences were set aside and unity was brought forth because there is a shared sentiment that we are more alike than we are different. And there's power in union, you understand? And so I think that, you know, my people, the Black community can take note of this harmony and I think we can use it to embrace all, let me say it one more time, all of our Black people. So whether I be African-American and someone else be, I don't know, Bahamian, I need to keep that same energy when it comes to looking out for them. Um, I don't know, y'all. I didn't mean to even like delve this deep into it. I just felt like it was very necessary to share that. And honestly, I thank my partner for inviting me to Uh, Experience this. So honestly, if you know what I mean, if you weren't in attendance this year, I highly recommend trekking down to the southernmost point in California next year so that you can be a part of this union as well. All right, y'all. So moving on to our next segment entitled A Pump of Politics. Let's just get straight into it. I have two things. One is super or not super small. I don't mean to dismiss it like that, but one is small relative to how large um, the next one is. So the first one is... um, California is clearly not just great for Polynesian festivals, but it's also great for... growth and for progress because it is the newest state to vote for the ban of private prisons and detention centers operated by immigration and customs in the state. Now, this ban prohibits the state from sending prisoners or detainees to any for-profit facilities inside or outside the state. Now, by no means does this ban remedy um, prison injustice completely. However, I just feel like the notion that ICE, okay, the notion that ICE would be prohibited from action in California is comforting for me. And I think even more so than it being comforting for me, I think it's comforting for all of my Latinx allies in the state who feel this immense burden coming from ICE, coming from private detention centers and private prisons that are honing in on this segment of the population. So, like I said, for that, Callie, I appreciate you. I love you. I love that we are always kind of at the forefront of being progressive and being inclusive. And uh, it certainly, it does not justify the price of California, y'all. Now, because these prices keep going up and this homeless epidemic is not cute. However, I do appreciate the fact that I feel like, like I said, in regards to progress, Cali tends to always be at the forefront. So I love my home state for doing that. Um, Now. <laughs> woo! Let me take a big sip for this. Mm-mm-mm. OK, so in true fashion. Y'all's president has been doing unprecedented things yet again. <laughs> Can you believe it? I know your president would never do that, right? Um, House Speaker. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has officially announced an impeachment inquiry. Now. For those of you that skipped out on AP Gov during senior year uh, of high school, just like myself, let's just have a quick little refresher. An impeachment, technically speaking, is a vote by the U.S. House of Representatives that charge a high-ranking government officer uh, with misconduct and begin the process of removing him or her from the office. Now, our Constitution says a present... I'm sorry, a president may be impeached and removed over charges it describes as treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, that brings us to the 45th president who currently resides in the office and his high crimes. So what is it exactly that the racist in chief committed? Well, for sake of brevity, what I'm going to do is just keep it super brief and extremely concise, but I promise y'all I'm so looking forward to the next chapter next week because I may just fully dedicate chapter five to the exact dealings that transpired. I may do a little role play with the transcript that we have out just so you guys can get the full sense of the fuckery that resides. In Washington, D.C. Um, so let me see here. I really want to pull up for you guys. You know what? Let me just do this. Let me do this. Um, here it is. Trump openly encouraged a foreign adversary to hack a political opponent and attack our elections. Okay, I'm gonna say it one more time. Trump openly encouraged a foreign adversary to hack a political opponent and attack our elections. Okay, so the president of the United States of anxiety, our racist in chief, he encouraged a foreign adversary, that being Ukraine, to hack a political opponent, that being Joe Biden. and in hopes to attack our elections, twenty twenty elections. In fact, now if this sounds a little reminiscent of twenty sixteen, it's because it is. Let's let's read the, let's read that one more time. Y'all ready? So in two thousand sixteen, Trump openly encouraged a foreign adversary, Russia, to hack a political opponent, Hillary Clinton, and attack and rig our elections. Yeah folks look at the look at the pattern just the repetition the consistency that our president gives back to back is just he's committed folks he is committed i'll tell you that Now, aware of this, Nancy Pelosi has officially enacted the impeachment inquiry in this case, which means six different investigations are full steam ahead in tandem with each other. Now, all of you should know that your boy loves, loves a good analogy. So let's think about the six different investigations in the impeachment inquiry as like the Power Rangers. okay? and each Power Ranger, of course, has a different color. And with that, each one tackles a new battle, but all in a combined effort to take down the ultimate villain. So their job is to prepare for each battle so that we can proactively then kind of form into like, what was the big thing that the Power Rangers all formed into? Like they would take each animal and then they would form into, was it like the the Zordo? Zordo. Megazord. They would form into the Megazord and then they would like, go attack the villain. So I'm just going to read off the list of superheroes that are tasked with the articles of impeachment to which they're all going to form together and take down Trump. Okay, so we have Jerry Nadler, who's the chair of Judiciary Committee. We have Adam Schiff who is the chair of intelligence. We have Elliot Engel, who is the chair of foreign affairs. We have Elijah Cummings, who is the chair of oversight. Richard Neal, who's the chair of ways and means and Maxine Waters, who is the chair of financial services. So again, so you folks can stay with me, we're going to keep with the analogy. Um, Nancy Pelosi would be the equivalent of Zordon, the older guy with all the wisdom. Okay. Okay. So Nancy Pelosi is Zordon, he or she assembles their Power Rangers, which are the six um, heads of chair of all those committees to come together. Y'all are each great at fighting your own battle, but I need you to get that battle together because we're all going to come together and then take down the villain, Trump. Okay, so after each one gets their package together, it's moved to the House Judiciary, where we will then vote for the impeachment. Easy. Easy, right? Because, like, Trump clearly committed a high crime. Wrong. Wrong. Even if the articles of impeachment are brought forth and show beyond a shadow of a doubt that y'all's president is trifling, then we still, I'm sorry, then it still must be elevated to the Senate. Which will then hold a uh, a trial and determine if Trump is quote unquote guilty or not. So it's no to no surprise that the Democrats make up the House, which is why this has been escalated so quickly, and that the Republicans make up the Senate, which was ultimately the one who will be doing the voting for whether or not he's guilty. So that we do have a little bit of concern on our little reservations when it comes to, but I think our hopes as of right now is our Power Rangers, each Power Ranger are going to get a package together that is so good. They're going to win each of their many battles. They're going to come together to form a mega zord and then take down Trump so that there is no question asked that the Senate will be like, we have to vote guilty. There is no way around it. Yes, we are party-affiliated with this monster, but at the end of the day, it is country before party. And get him the hell out. So, needless to say, your boy is super, super, super excited for this. It's only been three years too long, but like my mother always taught me, patience is a virtue, and we are seeing that virtue. It's like it's like sunrise, and it's on the crust. We can see it. We can't touch it yet, but we can see it. Um, so, y'all, like I said, I'm just super, super excited. I'm going to be staying heavily um, in sync with everything that goes on. And I think that, like I said, I want to do a little bit of role-playing. I may bring on a special guest next chapter so that we can read the transcript because the transcript, the devil is in the details, child. And, um, I want you guys to, you know, be fully aware of exactly what transpired. So, let's see. Let's see. We're done with politics. We'll move right along into one of my favorite segments. Um, And we're going to add some cream to the coffee. So, the award-winning singer, Sam Smith, has officially announced that going forward, the pronouns accepted will be they, them, and theirs. Now, some, uh, some, I'm sorry, Sam, has come forth uh, as non-binary and has chosen to live a life unapologetically. Uh, I commend this. I love this. I respect this decision. And as a connoisseur of their music, I feel like I've definitely witnessed a gradual shift in terms of aesthetic, in terms of mood, and you can just tell that they are working their way towards transparency and truth. And, you know, with this new revelation, I see that we just are, mo- are navigating so much closer towards that. Um, As a member of the community, you know what I mean? This is nothing revolutionary to me. I think that the most interesting part of this all is how will award shows and how will, like, the, the music charting uh, institutions, how are they going to adapt to this non-binary um, aspect, you know, if you will? Because I feel like the music charting institutions, they are built, systematically they are built um, with binary norms, and so if you now have an individual coming forth saying that they are non-binary, how do you then sort through the rest of the categories if it's not done in that way? You understand? So I'm very interested to see, again, like how they adapt to this, how we're going to move forward. Um, but I'm super, super happy for them. They are living their truth. Um, and like I said, I have nothing, nothing but respect for that. Moving right along and adding a bit more cream to the coffee. Um, I know we had briefly touched on the Emmys at the top of the chapter. I do want to bring it up one more time for two uh, white women, one in the form of Michelle Williams and the other in the form of Patricia Arquette. Now, both took a moment in their acceptance speeches to redistribute their light and instead shine it onto others who don't have that same platform. So, for Pacifica, Pacifica, ooh, y'all, for Patricia Arquette, let's just take a moment. Um, To give her a little bit a little bit of praise, because what she did is absolutely shine light on the trans community. Um, I believe her sister um, was a member of the trans community and passed away for reasons unbeknownst to me. Um, but she took a moment to, you know, pay homage to her sister, pay homage to the trans community, say that we need to do a better job of inclusion. We need to do a better job of even being in Hollywood, which is very progressive for those looking out. Um, you know, but Hollywood itself is progressive as we are. We have to still do a better job of being inclusive of, Um, you know, the trans community, and especially on a worldwide level. So I thank her for doing that. I also want to thank Michelle Williams, um, who, again, is a white woman. um, And she took a moment to give praise to women of color um, and really be a voice for them when it comes to equal pay in the workplace. And so I, I love it. I love it all. Um, y'all really have this little black boy and his black coffee. Roo, y'all have him wanting to put all the cream all the cream in his cup of coffee today because this is what I want to see. You know what I mean? This I want to see those that have privilege speaking out for those who don't. Um, also want to give a shout out. This just came to me right now. I do want to give a shout out to Chelsea Lately. She recently just debuted her film, White Privilege, on Netflix. Um, I do suggest, um, you know, you guys watching it. I saw it in its entirety. I thought that she, uh, how do I put this? I feel like she swung and swung super hard. But ultimately kind of missed. And here's what I mean by that. I appreciate her motive. I appreciate her initiative. I appreciate her being conscious enough to say, I need to shine a light onto what white privilege is. I feel like ultimately, though, the message wasn't necessarily. um, The message did not meet the motive. For me. Uh, She had another series, and I think it was like Chelsea Does, and so it would be like Chelsea Does Love, Chelsea Does Race, Chelsea Does whatever. And I felt like the episode on Chelsea Does Race was actually a little bit more meaningful and a little bit more uh, productive than this one was. But regardless, I appreciate, like I said, anybody who has privilege shining a light and redistributing their privilege and trying to broker it to something else, if that makes sense. I um, okay, 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 let's see. Let's just go ahead and start to wrap things up here just as sure as uh as sure as the sun rises, the chapter will always set with our last segment entitled Three Snaps for You, Boo. So this week, our three snaps goes to Black billionaire uh, Robert Smith, who announced during the commencement speech at HBCU, Morehouse, that he would be paying off uh, the debts of all graduating members of that class. Now, this revelation um, was made during graduation season, of course. So it was like May, June. Like I said, Black billionaire came out, said he's going to take care of all the students' debt for that graduating class which that in and of itself was like, wow, thank you, Lord. Um, But recently, he just came forth and made an even more momentous promise. And in a letter uh, to the parents at Morehouse College, he elevated the offer so that it would not only include the child student debt, but he would also take care of the parents' debt or any debt that was um, incurred from the parents in in helping them pay for their child's education. So I love this because as a child of parents who are contributing to two students in one household, I feel like a lot of the times they put themselves in jeopardy of everything in order to provide anything for their child, including college. And so I feel like this promise... Um, coming from Robert Smith, helps to erase the burden of so many parents uh, at Morehouse and affords it affords them an avenue at which their, their graduates and their families can use this newfound financial freedom to lead and serve in the community in ways that could not be done due to the hardship of financial uh, you know, burdens and things like that. So Robert Smith, let us all raise our hands and lend you, sir, three snaps for you. Boo, boo. You did that, and I would love to see more black billionaires. Hell, even black millionaires. I would love to see more of y'all follow suit. Um, because this Absolutely helps the community in ways that are immeasurable. Um, but that's it. Woo! I felt like it was fast. Did I cut out too much? No, it was just enough. Whatever I needed to say was said, and whatever I did not say will be said next week. Okay. So my cup is officially empty. Low-key, my cup was empty a couple minutes ago, but just go with it. Um, for my listeners whose melanin may not be as abundant as mine, need not worry. Just grab yourself an extra shot of espresso and join us next time. And for those in the community, as always, stay beautiful, blessed, and black. Um, yes oh oh i do want to mention that your boy is officially on switzer so definitely start following him um the handle is at a black or sorry my handle is a black connoisseur but here's how you spell black a b l k connoisseur and that's c-o-n-n-o-i-s-s-e-u-r um and you know just so you can stay up to date with all things pertaining to a black boy and his black coffee i love you all you all do not have to love me but i need you to just find someone to love on because we need more love y'all the category is love (laughs) all right y'all take care we'll see you next chapter